Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of A Viking Story. My name is Alan Laycock-Fuchs, and this is an accompanying podcast for a novel that I've written, which is called Bloodsword Saga, Fear the North. And this season I'm looking at elements of the Viking world that I had to consider when writing my novel. And this episode is going to look at one of the locations that I use for my novel. And I like to use locations that I've spent significant amount of time living in or visiting to really get a true sense of, of the place. And episode two today is going to look at Norway, specifically the Halogaland region, which is in the north of Norway. And this is where my character Bloodsword was born and raised. Um, I'm going to start by talking first of all about the modern Halogaland, and then I'm going to talk more about the historicity of it. So modern Halogaland is still a district in northern Norway, and the largest town in this district is a place called T-R-O-M-S, and then O with a line through it. So for most native English speakers like myself, we don't have this letter in our alphabet, so commonly it's just pronounced like a, a normal O. So for most English speakers, the city I'm going to talk about is called Tromso, but the Norwegians would call it something more along the lines of Tromsa, and that's how I'm going to try to call it, as close as possible to the actual pronunciation. But yeah, Tromsa is a place where I spent a significant amount of time but it was quite a long time ago. So out of the three locations that I'm going to talk about, this is probably going to be the most difficult one for me to recall, just because it was so long ago. So it was the late 90s that I spent the most time there. But just to give you a little bit of information, the town of Tromsø, it's known as Paris of the North. I'm not exactly sure why it's called Paris of the North. I think it's just some kind of marketing to help with tourism. But it is a beautiful place, and I think the idea is that out of all the northern cities in the world, it probably is the one that most closely resembles a modern big city. So that's probably why it has that title. The town itself is situated on an island called Tromsøya, which just translates as Island of Troms. And this island has two bridges going from it, one east, one west. And the bridge going to the east connects to mainland Norway, and there's a little bit of overspill there of the population, so there's a residential area sort of on the coastline. The other bridge going west connects to another island called Kvalluja, which translates as Whale Island, so I can imagine that the first settlers of this island, or the, at least the ones that gave it its, its current name, saw whales off the coast and named the island as such. But yeah, Tromsø has the most northern everything, basically. So the most northern university in the world, um, if not the most northern, then one of the most northern churches and hospitals and, and all sorts of things. So it does have all the modern conveniences. And when I was there, the most popular place <laughs> was probably the Burger King, strangely enough. Um, I think a lot of the Norwegians saw it as uh, something kind of American, kind of cool, kind of different. So a lot of young people would hang out at Burger King. But Tromsø in itself, the island, has most of the entertainment district. So Kvalia, where I was staying actually, um, it's more residential as well. So if you really wanted to go and party or go to the entertainment district, this was on the main island. Yeah, the population of Tromsø, when I was there, it was about 50,000 people. And I remember that because... I come from Ontario, Canada, and one of the largest cities, actually the largest city in Canada, is Toronto, and there's a baseball stadium in Toronto called, well, it was called the Skydome. It's probably called 
Rogers Center or Rogers something now. But this is a stadium that was built, if I remember correctly, in the late 80s, and it was quite state-of-the-art at the time because you had a lot of domed stadiums or you had open-air stadiums, but this was one where the enclosure could actually open and close depending on the weather. So it was a domed stadium when it needed to be, when it was raining, but it could also open up. And this stadium could hold 50,000 fans. So I remember thinking that this stadium could hold the entire population of Tromsø, <laughs> which uh, is a little bit crazy. Now, apparently, the population is 70,000, which is incredible if true, because that would show a population increase of about 1,000 people per year, roughly, which is an incredible growth rate, I would think, for such a northern city. Um, but there is there is quite an appeal to, to Tromsø, and I remember being there, there was a certain energy in the air and a certain creativity that you could feel. Maybe I was imagining it, but sometimes I do feel like I'm a little bit of a spiritual person and I could feel this this energy. And certainly myself, I was my creative juices were flowing and I was more creative in Tromsø than probably anywhere else that I've experienced. And it's probably no surprise, but a lot of artists come from Tromsø as well. So perhaps there is something to it. Geographically speaking, you've got the island in the middle connected to another island to the west and to the mainland on the east. It's very mountainous. There's not a lot of good farmland, I would say. It, probably it was a marine economy, and the lifestyle was very much focused on the fishery and, and water and trade and things to do with marine life. Also, because it's above the Arctic Circle, you get the midnight sun. So in the summer times, it I wouldn't say it's balmy, but it's definitely t-shirt weather. It can get quite warm, and there's the Gulf Stream that actually goes up along the coast of Norway, so it doesn't get as cold as you would think. And then the winters, you get the polar nights, so 24 hours of darkness. So in the summer, it's 24 hours of daylight. In the winter, it's 24 hours of darkness. Um, you get a lot of snow in the wintertime as well. So the people there just learn to live with it. A lot of people use sleds. So I saw people grocery shopping, for example, just with a sled. So this was uh, kind of unique and interesting in the wintertime. Speaking about the history of the region, so I used Tromsø as sort of my base for Hall of the Land when I was writing my novel. And this district was actually a kingdom in the Viking Age, and it persisted until the Middle Ages as well. Uh, so it was the most northerly Norse kingdom, and the name derives from possibly a royal person named Hulgi. And this is what I kind of allude to in my novel as well, but it could also have derived from a more mythological character named Logi. And Logi was a Jutenheimer, which is a word often translated into English as giant, but like a lot of languages, it's hard to do a direct translation. So the Jutenheimer were, they could definitely be gigantic, big creatures, but they were more magical than what we typically think in the Western world when we think of giants. We think of kind of big ogres and, yeah, maybe even a little bit slow and perhaps slow in thinking as well. But the Jotunheimer were more magical and they could actually transform and take different shapes. So they maybe in their natural form they were larger, but actually they could take the form of a regular-sized human. They could take the form of a bird if they wanted to. So it's a bit misleading to call them giants. Perhaps a better word might be like wizard giants or something like that. But in my novel, I just call them Jotunheimer. I don't want to change the word. Um, this is one of the reasons I sometimes prefer to just keep the original Norse word. But Logi was one of these Jotunheimer, and he was also the personification of fire. So you meet him in some of the sagas. He 
at one point challenges Thor to an eating contest, and a big long plate is set out for both of them, and one starts at one end, the other starts at the other end, and they both eat and meet in the middle, and it was an opportunity to see who could eat the fastest, basically. Thor was quite a voracious eater, so he was a good challenger, but he was no match for Logi, who actually ate all of the food on the plate, including the bones and the plate itself. So he won in the end, but then it turned out that, yes, he was actually wildfire itself, so kind of in disguise. So he's this mythical creature, and of course, being a Jotunheimer, he was large, so he developed the nickname Large Logi or High Logi, and in Old Norse, this translated into Haulogi. And of course, his land would be Haulogi land, and this is one option for the etymology behind Halogaland. Um, so, actually, in my in my novel, as I said, I kind of go with the the royal explanation of this character Holgi, but I might actually change that because I actually prefer the other explanation, the more mythological one. But yeah, we'll see. So, anyways, Halogaland was this kingdom in the far north of Norway. But they weren't really isolated. There were a lot of the Salmi people living nearby. And there were also trading centers nearby. So probably one of the largest ones was the trading center of Borg, which would have been just a little bit south of Tromsø. And yeah, Borg was a place where they could have imported different materials that perhaps were difficult to obtain in this Halogaland region. It's also thought that Borg exported this darker schist type of whetstone that was popular in many other parts of the Scandinavian world. No quarries have yet been found, but it is believed that this is where this dark schist originated from. So Borg was an important location, and it seems to have gone out of use around the time when my story is set, so I definitely allude to that also in my novel. But that's a little bit of background about at least one of the locations that I do use, and I think that's where I'll end today. But in episode three, we're going to look at another place where I've lived, and that's Iceland. And I'll get into a lot more detail with this location because it's more recent that I was there myself. But in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch, if you've got any questions, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at vikingstoryfaq at outlook.com. That's vikingstoryfaq. And thanks again for listening. Look forward to episode three in Iceland. And until then... Q Thor's Thunder.